Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Okay, this is one of my favorite episodes that we're going to rebroadcast. Is, so, this, is this the one that I fell asleep during, Marco? Where were you? You're like, I was, you were somewhere where you're like, I couldn't sleep and I put it on and within like five minutes you fell asleep when you listened to this I episode. I think one of these episodes, though, I almost fell asleep during the episode. Well, there you, oh, so maybe it's this one. If you like sour things or you want to know about all things green and pickly, then this is the episode for you. Especially if you want to know what pickling furniture refers to. That's right. One of our uh, faithful listeners, Lucy, was like, I wasn't expecting this episode to take the turns that it did, but I'm glad I listened. This was episode 63, original broadcast date, September 22nd, 2016. Enjoy. The pickle episode. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a conversation about the mundane. One thing that we can assure you is that our intentions is to have a conversation that will be less than fascinating so that you and the people you're listening with can just drift off. Thank you for joining us. We hope you will listen and sleep. We invite you to Rate us, rate us on iTunes and leave a comment if you're enjoying our podcast so that when other people look and say, what is this Insomnia Project podcast, they can read some reviews that say how it helps you relax, chill, and possibly sleep. I'm your host, Marco Timpano. And I'm your co-host, Nidhi Khanna. Marco... The other day, I was at, uh, uh, like, a comedy, uh, not a comedy club, but I was at a independent comedy show. It was, like, comics who were doing stand-up, but they were trying out new material with the audience. And one of the prizes that they gave away was a huge jar of pickled vegetables. Okay. Guess who won? Oh, you won? I did. What did you have to do to win? Uh, I answered a piece of trivia question. Okay. Uh, I forgot what the answer was. Fair. But I said something that sounded right, and I guess it was the right answer. More importantly, what kind of vegetables are in this giant pickle jar? There was everything, Marco. Really? There were things that I was like, you pickle that? Like what? You had your red pepper, which was unusual. You had your regular, uh, you know, you had mushrooms. Yeah, my favorite. Cauliflower. Not my favorite. Car- 
carrots. I yes. think there was a carrot in there. Um, yeah, it was good. Got like a lot of garlic in that pickled brine. Well, that sounds to me like what Italians call giardiniera, which is kind of like a pickling of a bunch of different garden vegetables. Why do people pickle? Oh, I mean, I think pickling is important because back in the day, you would be harvesting all these vegetables at the time of harvest, but you would want to eat them in months where you don't have the ability to harvest. So, for example, you would pickle, let's say, let's say you'd pickle cucumbers because cucumbers are, when you plant cucumbers, on the, the vine produces a lot of pickles. And you, oh, sorry, it produces a lot of cucumbers. And whereas in the summer you'll be eating cucumbers every day, you can get a little sick of cucumbers, but in the winter, there's no cucumbers to be had. So the method of preserving them would be to pickle them. And by pickling them would allow you to have pickles, in this case, or cucumbers that have been pickled, all year round. That sounds like an answer that would be correct. But it's not? I don't know. Oh, okay, I thought you were going to say, but it's not. No, okay. I, but it sounds right. I, I don't know the sort of origins of pickling but that's what i would guesstimate yeah and you know that's where the pickled cucumber gets its name pickle have you ever had a new dill pickle no what is that oh it's a great pickle so it's it's so you know a pickle has a crunch to it yes right the new dill is a pickle that hasn't been pickled as strongly so it's not as crunchy it's a little bit more closer to a cucumber so it's got a cucumber nest to it it's softer to the bite and it's a little bit more cucumbery i prefer the crunchy pickles but you haven't had the new dill so Uh, correct see i thought i thought i did too and i prefer a smaller pickle than the large pickles i mean um you can get those really big kosher pickles or you can get the little tiny dill pickles and I used to really like the sweet pickles in the sweet okay. brine. See, a new dill pickle, to me, tastes sweeter as well. Okay. Do you know what a Kool-Aid pickle is? A Kool-Aid pickle? No, I don't. So Kool-Aid pickles, or um, Kool-Ickles, are, in, are like a southern United States thing, apparently. Okay. Um, and they're created by soaking dill pickles in a mixture of... Kool-Aid and pickle brine. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And what's the? Let's see. I would love to try that. Is there a particular brand of Kool-Aid, or isn't Kool-Aid the brand? Sorry, is there a different? Uh, I should say, is there a particular flavor? flavor of Kool-Aid? Oh, I don't know, but I would kind of think like the red Kool-Aid would be good, or the blue. The blue, oh, like a blueberry? Know. No, mm, I would go red? with. I would go with red, or to be safe, like a lime or a lemon. Oh, yeah. Okay, you could do that too. I would not want a grape-flavored dill pickle. I don't like the flavor of Fair enough. Fair enough. Do you pickle? Hmm. My mom. Really? Yeah, she would pickle, like, as I said to you, the jardiniera, Mm -hmm. or the garden vegetables she would pickle. I love pickled mushrooms. In particular, Nidhi, because you can pickle some mushrooms that we don't grow here. So, like, I've had pickled porcinis. I've had pickled... um, wild mushrooms from different parts of Italy and they're just delicious. They really are. How long does it actually take to pickle do you think? Like, no idea. Huh. I think the longer you pickle, 
the better, the, the better it, is. it is. I don't know. I know that um, if you can get unpasteurized pickled products, they're really good for you because they have a lot of uh, good gut bacteria in it. So kimchi, I think kimchi is, is no, kimchi is fermented. I don't know if it falls under pickled. But kimchi is fermented, right. uh, Korean fermented cabbage. I love kimchi. So good for you. I know. Just like horseradish. Would yeah. horseradish be considered uh, mm, a, a pickled question. product? It's kind of one of those. It's fermented, I think. It's, for, it's definitely fermented. So if you can get an unpasteurized horseradish. That's no, not a horseradish. I'm sorry. I'm trying to say not horseradish. What is the stuff that you get on hot dogs? Yeah, horseradish. No, well, yes, you can put horseradish, but it's sauerkraut. I'm oh. trying to say sauerkraut, and I'm saying horseradish. There's another example of me thinking one thing and saying the other and convincing people. But um, if you can get unpasteurized sauerkraut, it's really good for your gut bacteria. So, Marco, fermenting is actually considered a pickling method. Okay, so there you go. So but kimchi would be a style of, of pickling. pickling. It's just a very specific one, and... Okay. Uh, I couldn't really tell you much more than Fair enough. that at Fair this enough. point. So you've never pickled. It sounds like you're no. very new to pickling. I clearly, clearly. Um, no, I, I, I don't pickle. I'm not actually the biggest fan of like pickled vegetables and things like that. What about olives? Love olives. Olives in a brine. Yeah. Well, I actually prefer them without the brine. Like I know, like, I know, so like, like not in the big jar, but I like them like... As like just like that, right? Yeah, scooped okay. olives or whatever. I don't know. You know what I mean. Listen, I get it. Now, speaking of pickling, this past weekend, I was talking to you about this, and that's how we came up with, you know, we should talk about pickles and pickling. I pickled a wall. Right. So you need to explain this to me, because I still don't quite understand what that means. Okay, Nidhi, just sit back relax. and relax. I'm going to talk about pickling wood. So... Pickling wood, as I do it, or as I have done it, is a process by which you pickle wood that's on a wall in order for the wood to absorb the color of the pickling paint that you're going to use. So in this case, I was pickling a wall at my cottage. So what I discovered... So wait, does that mean, like, is that the equivalent of, like applying like a primer or stripping it or something no just sit back <laughs> relax. and relax because okay. here's 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 the story okay of my pickling wall so at my cottage uh we have paneling on a lot of the walls but what i noticed was behind this paneling so it kind of looks like a basement you know those old basements that had paneling in it when i pulled back one of the paneling, I noticed that there was tongue and groove wood that would cause the wall. So what basically what it is, is it's um, slats of wood. So, you know, pieces of wood that on the top end would have what appears to be a little part that jets out. So the tongue and the bottom piece of the wood that would go on top of it would have a groove that that little tongue would fit into. So you could put wood on top of wood on top of wood and stack it as you would to form a wall. And you could stagger the wood so that you have different patterns or you could put the wood on top of each other. Now, the next time you go into a um, hardware type store, one of those big box, you know, home stores that provides different 
needs for your home. You'll notice if you go into the lumber section, neat tongue and groove, pine or cedar. Behind the paneling I found, which I didn't realize, old wallpaper from the 1930s. Oh wow. That had kind of a greenish pattern of what looks like weeping willow type trees mm -hmm. that are kind of blowing in the distance. So it just had this really soft and subtle uh, look to it, but it didn't look like contemporary wallpaper. It looked like something that you would find, you know, 80 plus years ago. So here's a question for sure. you. Sure. When you found or when you discovered the wallpaper... What was your first honest reaction? Was it more like, this is gross, or this is kind of kitschy and cool? It was kind of like, this is really cool in a sort of, look at what wallpaper must have looked like <laughs> back in the day, and what this place must have looked like, and just to see old, I don't know if it would be considered a textile, but certainly old print, mm -hmm. old wallpaper print and to see it in a in a state that's not a museum piece so you know sure. when you go to certain old homes and they recreate what it would have been like in the 1890s or the 1920s and you're sort of a visitor in a museum and you see it well when you have that in front of you it strikes you in a very interesting way now realize that as i pulled away the paneling not all the wallpaper was pristine because it was right. really old and kind of cracked. Right. But when we went to remove the wallpaper, we saved pieces of it so that we could then later pay homage to what was in the cottage previous, right? So That's pretty cool. That was actually Amanda's idea, so she made me save it. And so at this point, I've got a wall of tongue-and-groove wood that's old. I don't know what kind of wood it could be, but... I've got this wallpaper to contend with. And it's been on the walls for at least, let's say, 50 years to be safe, but I would say closer to 70 years. And not having wallpaper remover and not knowing what it would do to this wallpaper that I had on the paneling, or sorry, rather, onto the tongue and groove wood, I figured let me start with using just hot water and so I wet the wallpaper with hot water and a sponge and I could feel the glue or I could smell the glue and it didn't smell like contemporary glue as odd as that sounds. It just had a different viscosity or scent to it. It just felt old for lack of a better word. So I would wet it, reapply, wet it and sure enough, Nitty, as I'm pulling away the wallpaper, I'm finding patches of other wallpaper underneath oh, this wow. wallpaper and this other wallpaper kind of looked like birch bark or it had sort of a birch barky kind of design but when i looked closer at it it had little yellow x's or what appeared to be x's or possibly little x like birds so they made these yellow markings to resemble birds so i think when you saw the whole wallpaper you would you would get that impression however I didn't find a lot of the wa that particular wallpaper, so I don't know if it was just a patch job that was done in certain places mm -hmm. because there was very little of that wallpaper. Right. So then I go about by taking the wallpaper down, and I'm taking it down in patches and scraping it off, and I used a tool that is this sort of multi-purpose tool that one uses with 
they're painting accoutrements. So it helps you to clean a roller. It helps you to like take things out of a groove. It has a bit of a scraper on the end. And I was very fortunate because I had seen it as I was leaving my home. And I thought, oh, I should bring this with me. And in fact, I was able to scrape off the wallpaper because I had this scraping tool and it did not damage the wood because the wood on the bottom, you've got to be careful. You don't want to scratch it scratch it or make grooves in it how many hours in are you at this point well i didn't i only did one wall okay. one wall and a pinch of its adjoining wall so just a little tiny it's not even a half wall let's say it's a meter in length okay so maybe two feet let's say i i don't know the exact number conversion of a meter into feet into feet but i'm sure somebody will say i'm off but regardless it wasn't very big the secondary wall and I needed to do that secondary wall because that's where the pieces of wood kind of joined. And so if I didn't remove the paneling from that small little meter wall, I would have, uh, it would be difficult for me to get into the corner. And that's why I did it. So I'm removing the wallpaper and actually it was time consuming, but it was actually a more interesting or a more fun part of the process. So removed all the uh, wallpaper off the wall and now we're gonna now i'm seeing wood i'm seeing the tanya groove wood so i figured i better remove all the glue that might be stuck on there and little pieces of wallpaper that i didn't really notice so i take a damp warm sponge and i just remove all that glue and all that debris that's left behind from wallpaper that's been scraped off because the big chunks you notice but there might be little tiny morsels that you'll find in corners or in little spots within the walls sure. right? so i do that and now it's time for me to sand the wall because in order so when you pick a wood it basically absorbs the paint and it allows you to see the grain of the wood without just being paint on wood so there's a difference it kind of gives you that look of wood that has been bleached so that's a great way to, to look at it in this case it's been pickled so it's been the process is slightly different than beached wood but it has a sort of look of wood that has absorbed paint into the grain of the wood follow mm -hmm. so i decided i should sand it because this is a wood that hasn't seen the light of day for maybe 40 years who knows when the paneling went up and um, has had wallpaper on it for many years and I needed the wood to sort of breathe so I sort of sanded it down with a medium sandpaper on a sanding tool which allowed me to get any of the stubborn pieces of wallpaper that may have remained or any residual glue that I may have missed. What was Amanda doing during all of this? She was lying back and reading. She had some scripts she had to read and she would often say to me, can I help you? And I was kind of like, no, let me do this. And to be quite honest with you, she was very helpful because I don't want it to make to, for it to sound like she just lounged around. She ensured that I had a mask, so she went to the hardware store to get me a mask. Because when you're sanding, right, you're, it can get back all this dust, yeah. and she kind of uh, wanted me always to have the mask on and my glasses. And See, uh, good for Amanda because mm -hmm. uh, I would have just sat back and lounged. Well, she was, she, was, she was also, you know, when I would need refreshment or whatnot, she also was like, why don't you have the windows open while you're sanding? 
she you're was just, looking out for she you. She was looking out for me, for sure. And I she, would have been at the beach just mm, reading. Fair enough. And she she would have helped if the project was bigger. I could have used her help. But when you're dealing with one wall, it's almost um, easier to just easier have... just to do it yourself kind of thing. And when I was on the ladder, I would ask her for various things and she would bring them to me. Right. Nice. So, so at this point, I've sanded the wall. And now it's time to condition the wood. So I have this product. It's a clear product that I would paint on and leave for one to five minutes onto the wood that I think would help open the pores. I'm not exactly sure, Nitty, what it did, but I know that it was the step that I needed to do prior to the pickling of the wood with the pickle wash. Follow? Sure. So I took a paintbrush and I would paint the different strips of wood and then I would let it sit for about, let's say, two minutes. I would then take a rag and I bought a bag of rags. So like for you know, five bucks, you get just a huge bag of rags. And I would wipe the excess um, conditioning, not paint, but product agent agent off the wood. And thus it would be ready to pickle. So at this point, it's time for me to pickle. Because I've sand, I've stripped, I've removed the panel, I've stripped the wallpaper, I've conditioned the, I've sanded, and I've conditioned the wood. So, when you say it's now ready to be pickled, like, what is a pickling substance that you're using? Like, is it literally brine? No. Okay. No, no. But that's awesome. <laughs> if it was, no, it's a very thin, thin stain. So not quite a paint, it's more like a stain. It's white, and it's watery, very watery. So you've got to stir it, and the product says to stir it throughout your work so that you don't just stir it once at the beginning, because I guess the um, coloring agent will settle to the bottom. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I would stir it throughout because I would notice, I'd be like, "Mm, it doesn't look as white or as milky as it, um, it does when I started. So I sort of used a, a paint um, stick and I, I swirled the paint. And then what I would do is I would take the paint or the, or the pickling stain in this, in this case, and I would do it with the paintbrush on one strip of wood at a time. So as I would put it on, Nitty, I mm-hmm. would take a rag and I would remove the stain off that piece of wood so that it would absorb but not look like it had been painted rather it would look like the wood had been stained and so I would remove anything and you know sometimes when you use a stain it will drip and whatnot or you'll put a little bit more on one side to the other by using my rag and sort of uh, streaking it across the piece of wood I would remove that so I went and did the entire wall at which point it looked did not look great. The first coat does not look great. It just looks makes everything kind of looked a little bit peachy or a little bit not not so great. So, hence I would do the second round. But I had to wait about two hours between the first round and the second round because you want it to sort of dry, dry right? Okay. So, at that point, could you just use a like a, a different kind of stain? I think you could use paint and water it down, but I used a proper pickling agent. Gotcha. So okay. I let it dry. I actually went back to the um, hardware store to purchase more rags because I was going through them so quickly because you don't want to use a rag that's been saturated with the stain. 
you want to use a relatively dry rag. So I went and bought more rags, cut them into smaller strips, and would use them. And once I used them once or twice, I would throw them out because they would be saturated with the stain that I was removing or the pickling agent I was removing. So hence I do the second coat. And now it's starting to look a little bit more white, a little bit more beachy, but still not where I wanted it to be. So at this point, I'm doing the third coat. And I'm doing the third coat, and what I'm doing is I'm being meticulous with coloring in between the slats of wood. So where there would be a space, I'm coloring it in with paint, or sorry, not with paint, with the pickling stain. And then, Nitty, the problem is that third coat looked great, but I was trying to go for the effect of shiplap, which is really in, which is this kind of look of, you know, Cape Cod or like a beachy kind of right. boat kind yeah. of look, right? And I realized, or what Amanda said was, because we don't see the line that separates a lot of the slats of wood, it doesn't have the shiplap effect. So remember that tool I was telling you about that I used to scrape the wallpaper off? Yeah. I use that same tool because it has a sharp kind of um, point to it to kind of excavate all the paint that I got into those little crevices uh, to make the, each individual board stand out. And that is the pickling of the wall. And I think that brings us to the end of the pickle episode. Marco, that was fascinating. <laughs> to say the least. So I told many you to ways. Just, I told you just to sit back <laughs> so and relax. So I hope our listeners were able to listen and sleep, or at the very least, listen and relax on this, the pickle episode. The pickle episode. We thank you as always. Please feel free to rate us on iTunes. Um, we are happy to read your comments, send us your emails, tell, tweet us at Listen and Sleep. Tell us about things that you've pickled or that you pickle or your experience in the pickling of wood process. Please Or, or process, do. as we would say in Canada. Um, <laughs> if you'd like a pickling episode part deux, this is how you're going to get it, I my guess. friends. As always, we are produced by Drumcast Productions, and we were recording from uh, Toronto, Canada. Thank you once again, and as always, we hope that you listen and sleep.